Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man. He's called Mal Evans. He was on roadie. And uh, I was coming back on the plane. And he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Final hour, Monday edition of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us as we roll through the program here. So many different things to discuss, as we well have been doing. That's why you should go subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a moment of the program. We understand many of you listening out there, 500-plus stations, but also life happens. You're running around. You may hear part of the show. Why not go download the podcast? You can zoom in. You can hop in and out. You can even listen as my wife often does, at double speed, rush your way through the program so it fits your morning or evening commute. Whatever makes sense, we appreciate all the different ways that you are consuming this product. Buck's down in Florida. I'm out in L.A. Uh, Buck's dad, Mason Sexton, is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. I think you guys are going to enjoy that to talk about the latest as it pertains to the economy and what he sees going on uh, going forward. I think that is going to be a fun conversation. Now, We have talked all about the ridiculousness of Biden and the white supremacy argument. Uh, But who is going to take on Joe Biden? I would submit to all of you out there that while every single day there is a new poll coming out talking about the Republican primary race, that really all that matters right now, if you truly break it down, is what's going to happen in Iowa and New Hampshire. And that what the data reflects is this is not a national primary. It would be the case that if everyone went to go vote for a Republican nominee on January 24th or whatever the heck the date's going to end up being in Iowa, that Donald Trump would be in a really great spot. But Iowa is the caucus. Remember, Trump lost Iowa to Ted Cruz in 2016. It's followed by New Hampshire. Those are not particularly strong states for uh, Donald Trump. And while Ron DeSantis has not yet entered the race, he had a campaign-style swing where he went into Iowa. Trump and DeSantis were scheduled to both be in Iowa at the same time, 800-282-2882, Iowa voters only. I would love to hear from you all right now about how you are setting up this race. 
Trump said that there was, or Trump's team said, hey, there's a tornado warning. We are not going to do our big rally in Iowa. As a result, DeSantis traveled to near where Trump's big rally was going to be and made an argument, trying to take uh, some shots at Trump. Weather was great. He was excited to be able to interact with everybody. And I do think one argument DeSantis made in Iowa, Buck, is accurate. It's an argument we've been making on this show. Biden will lose if the race is about Biden because he has been an awful disaster of a president. Listen to Ron DeSantis making that case. If we make 2024 election a referendum on Joe Biden and his failures, and if we provide a positive alternative for the future of this country, Republicans will win across the board. If we do not do that, uh, if we get distracted, if we focus the election on the past or on other side issues, then I think the Democrats are going to beat us again, uh, and I think it'll be very difficult to recover uh, from that defeat. Okay, we've made that argument on this program, Buck. Have you seen enough from DeSantis yet to believe that he could win in Iowa? Do you agree with me that Iowa is its own unique battleground, very different than what might be reflected in the national polls? Well, everyone remembers that even in 2016 when Trump won the nomination and was uh, such a an incredible political force he, he lost iowa to ted cruz so th- that's i think an, an indicator that it, it's a place where now you could say well that was before he was president and and since then people might have changed their minds a lot yeah but if you're looking at the kind of people the kinds of um base voters uh who are going to go to the caucuses and do the the whole process, and every year, everybody in politics has to has to relearn what exactly happens at the Iowa caucuses. Yeah. They're talking in a room, and they go talk in another room. I still, to be fair, Buck, I still don't really understand yeah. what goes on but, there. But but at the end of it, you know, they figure out who they're who they're supporting, who they're going to vote for, and I I just think that that's a place where you're where you're likely to see uh, strength for other candidates. Period. Um, New Hampshire as well. That's where you will see strength for non-Trump candidates, whoever they may be in the in the primary at this stage and and look um desantis uh did you know the the culture of losing did we already uh yeah we already yeah well we, just, we, we played just, we played cut six there which is hey well, if we make this we haven't played the culture oh, yeah, of no, losing no, which different. is a direct right. attack yeah so here here is desantis taking a real swipe and this is this is what escalated things a bit over the weekend here you know, Ron uh, Ron knows how to throw a roundhouse too. play five both Florida and Iowa show Strong leadership and a bold agenda can defeat the left in this country. But there's no substitute for victory. We must reject the culture of losing that has infected our party in recent years. The time for excuses is over. Losing and excuses. Now, you can argue whether that's a veiled, I'm not even sure you could say it's a veiled shot at Trump. I think it's pretty straightforward. Because this is where a lot of the primary fight comes down to right now. Uh, we did not win Senate control in the last uh, in the midterm election, and we should have. And people will say, why? They'll ask that question. We obviously did not win the presidency in 2020, and we lost the House in 2018. So there have been a number of, of losses here, all of which I think um, we haven't had a full 
after-action assessment of how exactly things went wrong, because there's this belief that the way things have been are, you know, is actually, I think, uh, a winning strategy. And that's where DeSantis is digging in on this. It's kind of like, do you want to win? Do you want to lose? Yeah, and and this is where, to me, the the Caitlin Collins CNN special got uh, a huge win for Trump. But the number one question, if if Caitlin Collins had truly wanted to be an antagonist, which she did, of Trump and get an interesting answer, and this is what we said, Trump continues to say 2020 was rigged, stolen election. That's his argument. He's not going to come off of it. The more interesting question to me, Buck, and this is one I'd like to see DeSantis address. This is one I'd like to see everybody out there running for the nomination address, including Trump. If 2020 was rigged, and both you and I agree that 2020 was rigged, let me be clear about that. All the big tech companies were rigged against Trump. All the big media were rigged against Trump. They provided a profoundly dishonest media coverage of the 2020 race. No doubt about that. But if you believe, as Trump did, that there were millions of votes that shouldn't have existed, that existed for Democrats... Why is 2024 different? If they were willing, let's accept the premise of Trump's argument, if they were willing to rig the election to ensure that Joe Biden won in 2020, why would they not do the same thing in 2024? In other words, my concern with Trump's argument about 2020, Buck, is that it's ultimately not only self-defeating in the context of talking about the past— it also doesn't logically follow that you can win in 2024 if they were willing to rig the election in 2020. Why wouldn't they be willing to rig the election in 2024? And Buck, this is a question you and I get from a lot of the most ardent Trump supporters, and that's why I think it's a self-defeating argument, not only retrospectively looking back on the past, but also looking towards the future because the logical extension of that is if you were such a danger in 2020 that they would rig the election to keep you from winning, why wouldn't they also do that in 24? And I haven't ever heard Trump answer that question in a and, way and, where I said, oh, you know what? Things have changed. And I'm, I wasn't paying close attention to the uh, weather reports on this one, but I did see online the back and forth. And just so everyone oh, knows yeah. what happened here is you had Trump was scheduled to be in Iowa at a outdoor rally, and it got called officially f- because of tornado warnings. Ron DeSantis was not far away, I believe, yep. from this, and was photographed seeing people shaking hands and go and going and, and doing what he had planned to do. So this created a fight among some of the Trump and DeSantis supporters online, which neither Clay nor I weighed in on, to be clear. We're just watching this unfold, and people are saying, yes, there was a tornado. Other people are saying, no, Trump didn't get the numbers and knew it was going to be a bad look on a day where DeSantis was there and seeming to get lots of enthusiasm in Iowa. So he called his own rally off to avoid those optics. Now, Trump is not, you know, he says, absolutely not. That's crap. That's unfair. Um, but I can tell you, I've seen people on both sides of it claiming to be Iowans who know exactly what the news was and who knows, you know, this is just people online, but some are saying, yes, it was for tornadoes. Some are saying Trump wasn't getting the numbers. Well, and then DeSantis gigged him a bit 
by showing up, I believe, at a barbecue place, yep. standing on tables outdoors and saying, man, it's really a beautiful night tonight, isn't it? So I'm not a meteorologist, let's be clear here, nor is Buck. I can't tell you what the legitimacy was or was not of the tornado threat, but when DeSantis rolls into basically the same place where Trump was going to have his rally that evening, climbs up on a picnic table and talks about what a beautiful night it was and shakes hands with everybody around there with his wife Casey in tow, I might add, standing up on the on the table. I imagine that when those images made their way back to Mar-a-Lago, Trump was not happy with the fact that DeSantis is showing up in the same community, basically where he was supposed to have his rally, talking about what a beautiful night it was. So this is, look, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa. You know, uh, this is the story. And then it's going to be New Hampshire, New Hampshire, New Hampshire. And overwhelmingly, the stories change in a heartbeat based on what happens in those two states. And so as much attention as, you know, it might make sense to be talking about, hey, a poll came out in in Georgia and then a poll came out in Florida and there's a poll in Washington state and all these different individual states, people follow the actual election results and the rubber's going to meet the road in January. And so as crazy as it might seem, when these guys are showing up at the Iowa State Fair and when they're showing up at the Cy Hawk game between Iowa and Iowa State, And when they are shaking hands and kissing babies all over the place, Iowa, I believe, is a fertile state for someone to challenge Trump. I don't think Trump is super popular there. Maybe DeSantis. Maybe Vivek Ramaswamy makes a surge. Remember, everybody, Cruz won Iowa in 2015. If we went back in time eight years to this date, Cruz was polling at 2% in Iowa. And then he catches fire, going around. People decide they like Ted Cruz, and he beats Trump in Iowa. Right. And, and then I was, can catch I, was fire. In, I was in New Hampshire for the uh, Republican primary there. I was up there, and, and I remember you know Trump took that one, if memory serves yep. correctly. And so that was where. And then from then it was like he was out in the front of the pack, and nobody caught him. And it was just uh, it was Trump's world, and everybody was living in it after New Hampshire. We'll see how that uh, shakes out this time around. But I- I'm curious, you know, how it strikes you out there. The the we we have a culture of losing on the right. How do you take that? Do you think it's an effective argument and and let's be honest, line of attack from DeSantis, or do you think that there's only one person who can turn that culture around? And his I was going to say his name rhymes with Trump, but no, actually his name is just Trump then would be the way that would go. Uh, so we'll get to that. 800-282-2882 on those lines. Give us a call. Yep, no doubt. Graduation ceremonies, by the way, going on all over the country right now. I was at one over the weekend. I bet a lot of you were. High school, college, grad school. Uh, and guess what? They had a graduation ceremony on the Hillsdale College campus this past weekend. And uh, guess what? It also, while graduation occurred, doesn't mean the faculty slowing down for summer. In fact, it's quite the contrary. Their latest endeavor, Podcast Network, it's called the Hillsdale College Podcast Network, and it will allow you to learn even more from Hillsdale by way of their numerous recorded conversations. You can listen to hundreds of episodes on the network from the Hillsdale Dialogues to the radio-free Hillsdale Hour to the Larry Arn Show. 
Dr. Arne, of course, their esteemed president. He's a fantastic speaker himself as well. The podcast will give you some fun conversations, also informative with Hillsdale College faculty, friends, alums, and visiting speakers and authors. And like they do during the school year, their conversations will range from philosophy to thought, theology, history, economics, politics, current events, all free. Choose a podcast you can listen to at clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. That's clayandbuckforhillsdale.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good song. The Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip. Who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get Our Way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Buble's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years, and in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to elevate merit and achievement above identification with certain groups. And in order to do that, we had to look at this relatively new concept called diversity, equity, and inclusion. What this concept of DEI has been is the attempt to impose orthodoxy on the university. But this has basically been used as a veneer to impose an ideological agenda. Uh, And that is wrong. And in fact, if you look at the way this has actually been implemented across the country. Uh, DEI is, is better viewed as standing for discrimination, exclusion, and indoctrination. And that has no place in our public institutions. Okay, that was 
Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida signing as part of this uh, really heavy in the conservative win column legislative session in the state of Florida, uh, signing essentially an end to any state dollars being put toward DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion, training of any kind. So wokeness and CRT and DEI in schools, not only against the, uh, the you know, the statute, but also defunded in essence. Yeah, it's big. Um, and look, this is the reality of the battles, unfortunately, that we have to fight. And we start off the show talking about this. Really, the essence of the battle in America today is, is American history and is the founding of this country a moment of pride and exceptionalism in all of history or not? For most of our lives, the answer was yes. The founding of America was a unique and incredibly bright spot in all of human history. This is, in fact, in my opinion, and I think many of yours, the greatest country in the history of the world. Democrats don't believe that anymore. And they are telling your kids, even worse, that, in fact, the history of America is a legacy of oppression and discrimination, and that America, instead of representing what Ronald Reagan would say as a bright, shining city on a hill, is actually representative of evil incarnate in humanity and that is something that you can't really take a middle of the road process on buck you and i talk about this all the time back in the day you could argue okay hey the tax rate on corporations is going to be 33 percent or 23 percent and we could you know battle like hey what should the tax rate on corporations be that's a disagreement that in the grand scheme of things is just a a disagreement of a degree whether the country is good or evil is a profoundly important debate, but there is no middle ground. And that is, unfortunately, the battle that we're going to have to fight uh, right now going forward. I uh, want to tell you, look, you probably got insurance. You got car. You got home. Health insurance. What about the food you have? Do you have an insurance policy in the event that you were not able to go out and buy the food to take care of your family? I do. I've got a three-month emergency food kit. It arrived at the Travis household. It is in our pantry, one for each of our three boys, for me and for my wife. 2,000 calories a day, and it'll last up to 25 years. You don't have to worry about wasting anything for a very long time. Every member of your household can be taken care of. Why wouldn't you do this, especially given what we have just gone through in this country? All you need to do is go to preparewithclayandbuck.com. Free shipping, unmarked boxes come right to your home, just like we did. That's right, free. You'll also get free survival gear in addition to the free shipping worth over $200 by going to preparewithclayandbuck.com. Again, that website, preparewithclayandbuck.com, my Patriot Supply. On the front lines of truth. As promised, we're now joined by Mason Speed Sexton, my dad, who is the founder of New Paradigm Research. Last time he was on the show was for Father's Day, but today it's for a very different reason. We're going to dive into his expertise. Dad spent over 50 years on Wall Street, worked for Morgan Stanley and Solomon Brothers, ran his own firm for decades. 
In 87, he actually got a ton of press for calling the Black Monday stock market crash on TV. He's also called a lot of other important moments in the market. Today, we've invited him on because he's going public with his first major prediction about the market and the economy in years. But first, Dad, welcome. Great to have you on the program. And uh, tell everybody out there who's listening, like, what do they need to know? we got a banking crisis. We've got a commercial real estate crisis possibly in the in the uh near future what's happening right now well buck first of all it's a great honor to be on your show and uh, with you and clay and um this has been a long time coming <clears throat> but with the response to your question uh this recent banking crisis which started out in march as everybody probably remembers with the demise of uh, Silicon Valley Bank, and then it's been followed up by several other major regional bank failures. This is just the tip of the iceberg, in my opinion. Uh, I think we're headed for a really difficult time, uh, not only in uh, banking, but the economy and the stock market. Um, and I think it's uh, very important that uh, your listeners do everything they can to protect their assets and uh, and take as uh, a defensive position as possible, at least over the next 12 to 18 months. Uh, Mr. Sexton, I appreciate you coming on with us. I've been talking on the show, and I'm curious, you're a longtime New York City resident, about the dangers of commercial real estate. And Buck just kind of uh, tiptoed up to it there oh, in, in his opening question well, for you. How bad do you think this commercial real estate universe is going to get with two things conspiring? One, not as many people are now going into the office. And two, due to the massive rise in uh, in, in, in interest rates, so many of these uh, commercial real estate deals are going to have to be renegotiated. And on paper, they might have made sense at 2 and 3%. At 6 and 7%, they don't. How much of a mess is this going to be? Well, that's an excellent question, Clay. And, of course, it ties directly into the banking crisis because uh, about 70% of loans to small business in this country are made by regional banks, and their portfolios contain about 20 to 25% of these commercial real estate loans you're talking about. So uh, as you've heard probably recently, a number of these major office buildings uh, on the west coast particularly one in san francisco that in 2018 uh, uh was valued at 300 million dollars they're they're not even sure they can get a bid for 60 million dollars this is right in the downtown uh, business uh, section of san francisco so these impairments uh, are are just adding to the overall problem in the banking sector and one of the reasons i'm so negative uh, on the banks and, and then ultimately on uh, the economy. What's going to happen is that by the fourth, third or fourth quarter of this year, in my opinion, you're going to see a really bad recession take hold, partly as a result of the fact that the regional banks are pulled back dramatically on lending to small business in this country. And as I said, small business activity is about, 80, about 70% of the economy. Um, and then this commercial uh loan issue is uh is going to be uh persistent and it's it's a function of the what i call the new paradigm which is uh that people don't really want to you know go into an office that they don't absolutely have to they're they they save a lot of time they spend more time with their family and they're more productive working uh remotely so these are major long-term transformations 
that are impacting the economy uh, and the banking sector at the same time. And um, I think they point to uh, much lower prices in, in the stock market. We're speaking to Mason Sexton, my dad, a uh, 50-year veteran of Wall Street, founder of New Paradigm Research. And, Dad, to that end, I know if people go to disruption2023.com, you're going to be partnering with this show in the weeks. I had to tell people more about this. But what, what is it you're going to be doing at New, New Paradigm, and what will they see if they sign up at disruption2023.com? Right. So they'll get, uh, Buck, a... Uh basically our, our our research for free here initially and get a good idea of what uh what we're producing um it's primarily focused on four etfs uh the spider which is the s p of course and and represents the bulk of the stock market the tlt which is the bond etf uh the long-term treasury bond government bond then the gold uh the gld etf and then finally, the XLE, which represents the energy market. Look, so if we'll Dad, Dad thinks that there's a, a huge correction coming, and he thinks that people listening to this now could be on the wrong side and get hurt, but he wants to help out, and he wants to just give you insights that you need. So sign up. All you have to do is give your email at disruption2023.com. Enter your email address there. That's disruption 2023 Dot com. There'll be a full video presentation coming out, everything about the big predictions he's making for this year. Dad, thank you. We'll talk to you more about the economy as this goes along, and thanks for partnering with the show on this. No, it's a pleasure, Buck. Thank you for having me. Well, you know, I was just talking to my dad, so this is actually perfect timing to talk about Legacy Box, everybody, because, you know, I'm talking to my dad today, and we could just do a whole show talking about family memories, uh, many recorded on video or old school photos right not an iphone so how do you share those things going forward well the number one way is to use legacy box because legacy box will transfer your videotape super 8 films audio cassettes print photos you name it for millions of families being able to relive those moments from the 80s or 90s and see them with the help of legacy box is a big deal legacy box which is based in chattanooga tennessee makes this whole process simple and safe you ship them your tapes and film in a specially made box that they send you. And then in a few weeks' time, you'll get a digital file along with all the originals. Then you can sit back and watch hours and hours of memories and easily share them with others. It's a great service. My family's used it. Clay's family has used it. And now yours can, too. And right now, for a limited time, to get started future-proofing pure, uh, future your past, take advantage of this great discount, too. Just go to LegacyBox.com slash buck. Old photos and videos with dad, with grandpa, with whomever in the family. Protect them and be able to share them for future generations with Legacy Box. Go to LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck. A new podcast. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good song. 
the Johnny Carson theme, right? Hey, who wrote that? Skip, who do you think? It's your buddy. Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? You get our way, a brand new show from My Heart Podcast, where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun. Hear about Michael Bublé's entrance into show business. And get business insight from Mark Burnett. Find out what scares my son-in-law, Jason Bateman. And discover the bragging rights that come with beating Michael Jordan at golf. Together, we know just about everything. Everybody, including sitting presidents. So join us as we ask the questions they've not been asked before, tell it like it is, and even sing a song or two. This is our podcast, and we're going to do it our way. Listen to Our Way on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. How could the most powerful man in media just vanish from public life? My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'm a reporter who's covered politics for years. And in this podcast, I'm going to travel far and wide searching for the reclusive Matt Drudge, the founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who've worked with him, dined with him and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. I'll also be chasing down tips from you, the listener, through a special hotline. So if you know where Drudge is right now or have a great Drudge story that might help us better understand the mysterious media mogul, please give us a call at 301-200-2414. Hopefully by the time this show ends, the man who knows Drudge best, Matt Drudge himself, will break his silence and sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Finishing up the Monday edition of the program. Senator Rand Paul, by the way, will be on with us tomorrow. Should be an interesting conversation with him, given all of the chaos and uncertainty going out. We'll get to a couple of your calls, maybe to close out the show. But I wanted to make sure we gave uh, this uh, audio compilation and also video compilation that has gone viral on social media. One of the big things as the COVID emergency officially ended last week, although... I flew out to L.A., Buck, and the number of people still wearing masks uh, when I go to New York or L.A. continues to just really sadden me. And and it's even worse when I see like a three- or four-year-old being forced to wear a mask, which still is happening on airplanes or walking around in airports. Child abuse. Child abuse. I just feel so sorry for those uh, for those kids because they don't know any better. And they're, they're, they're truly under zero risk and their parents are continuing. But one of the things they've tried to do is shift the story about what exactly they told you and what they said and how it is overall, uh, impacting this, uh, this discussion that we're still having about the three years that we went through with COVID. And Tom Elliott, uh, put together a great compilation, uh, that I shared on Twitter. I think you did as well, but I wanted to make sure that you guys heard. This is just a part of it, a part of the lies that you were told that no one wants to take accountability for. Listen. It is the unvaccinated who are the problem, period, end of story. The only people you can blame. This isn't shaming. This is the truth. Maybe they should be shamed by the unvaccinated. Vaccinated folks are going to start wearing masks to protect the unvaccinated folks. It's called a Christian value. If hospitals get any more overcrowded, they're going to have to make some very tough choices 
about who gets an ICU bed. I don't, that choice doesn't seem so tough to me. Vaccinated person having a heart attack? Yes, come right on in. We'll take care of you. Unvaccinated guy who gobbled horse goo? Rest in peace, Wheezy. Literally, the only people dying are the unvaccinated. And for those of you spreading misinformation, shame on you. Shame those, on you. I don't know those, how some of you oh, sleep sorry. at night. Those individuals should all be forced to sit down, look at that clip of themselves, and answer for it. I mean, if we lived in a society where anyone in the media was expected to have the least integrity or credibility, clips like that don't exist of you and me. In fact, they exist of us saying the opposite, which is these mandates are crazy. This is wrong. They shouldn't be doing this to people. Uh, but think about this. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel's a comedian, and he's taking the platform where he's supposed to be making, you know, glorified knock-knock jokes and saying that if you won't get the vax, you deserve to die. Millions of people saw that and probably thought, yeah, he's right, because those bad unvaxxed people, it's monstrous what they did. It's monstrous what Joe Biden did. No doubt. And uh, I saw Elon Musk tweeted this over the weekend and said, hey, and we've talked about this certainly on the show a lot. Remember, but for the three Donald Trump Supreme Court appointees, the Supreme Court would have signed on to the idea that Joe Biden could mandate that 84 million of you had to get the COVID shot to keep your jobs. And, Buck, this is one of the things, you know, in the world of sports, when you're wrong on who's going to win the Super Bowl, you have to come on your program and own it. It's amazing to me that predictions in the world of sports, people are held more accountable for those in the media than they are for failures of public policy, which are massive. We haven't seen a reckoning. We haven't seen consequences. No one, I, I was visiting with friends uh, from Michigan this weekend, where my wife grew up. Gretchen Whitmer got reelected, even though she wouldn't let you buy seeds for your garden during COVID. Even though she said you can't take your boats out on the lakes in Michigan. Oh, by the way, her husband did. But you can't eat in restaurants with groups of larger than seven, eight, whatever it was. Oh, by the way, she did that and got caught in that too. All of these people who were 100% wrong on COVID, who got every public policy decision incorrect, no consequences. How is it that we hold people who predict who's going to win the Super Bowl more accountable than we do our elected officials interacting with your constitutional freedoms it's a fundamental failure of the media but it's also a fundamental failure you want to talk about dangers to democracy if people can make awful decisions and there are no consequences for those decisions then what's the point of elections at all i would love to have a sit down with various democrats in places like michigan and just have them explain to me how they could feel good casting a vote for Gretchen Whitless Whitmer after what she did to her state, all of which was wrong. But, you know, the problem is for a lot of people, they want to be told what to do. Obedience to authority for them. They're like a walking Milgram experiment. They don't care. They were told by the man in, or the woman in the white lab coat to shock the people. So they shock the people because that's what they were told. Independent thought, having the character, having the freedom of mind to know what is true, to care what is true, just doesn't even enter into their discussion um kathy from new Braunfels, texas you've been uh, very patient thanks for calling in thank you gentlemen thank y'all for a great job you're doing i know press rush would be proud of y'all we thank try. You. Uh, thank you so much uh, 
Listen, um, I listened to, I'm a big Trump supporter, but I listened to DeSantis's uh, speech in Iowa. Oh, I loved everything he said. Um, and I think once he finally announces, I truly believe that his numbers will go up substantially. And I think a lot of independents will finally come over to his side. But the main point I'd like to make is when we elect our next Republican president, it needs to be someone who is capable of being in office for two terms, eight yeah. years. And I, we hear that a lot, Buck. Thank you for the call, Do Kathy. I? We hear that from a lot. Now, the Trump people would say, hey, we'd like to have a Republican what? president for the next 12 years. Trump for four, and then yeah. DeSantis could take his turn. Is Kathy still with us? Because she had some other thought about DeSantis there, Kathy. What was it? Uh, well, I love everything that DeSantis said. Um, <laughs> he said, um, we're in Texas, and so I, I love it when he talked about how quickly he got the bridges rebuilt after the hurricane there in Florida. And and then he said, and we'll send guys to Texas and build that wall for y'all and get it done. There we go. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kathy. Appreciate it. Paul in Duluth. What's going on, Paul? Hey, guys. You know, for everyone that's showing Anheuser-Busch how they feel and spending their money elsewhere, I applaud them. But Miller and Coors are laughing all the way to the bank. If, if anyone spends just 10 minutes on each one of those companies' websites, they'll find out the millions of dollars a year that they fork over to various uh, rainbow mafia and trans terrorist organizations, pride events, you name it. Hand over fist every year they're giving money away. The only thing that they haven't done that Anheuser-Busch has done is make the dumbass mistake of putting a Dylan Mulvaney type face on one of their cans. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't done it yet because the ad where they apologize for having girls in bikinis help to sell beer is kind of going down that pathway. And this is why, look, I, I, I think the Bud Light boycott has been wildly successful because the one thing I will say is it forced for the first time, Buck, a company to think, wait, we can crush our business by being too woke because you could up to this point say okay where is the company now i think disney i think disney is starting to hit some body blows and we talked a little bit about this i think the fact that they can't grow in the united states is partly a function that people are getting fed up with the woke disney universe but that could be a larger streaming context battle that they're dealing with Bud Light is the first time, Buck, I can remember somebody legitimately getting knocked out in the ring by being too woke. Um, how is the Little Mermaid remake doing with um, a uh, the the black uh, not Little out Mermaid? Yet. Comes it's out this out weekend, yet? I believe. Oh, it, it's it's coming. I was going to say. I wonder, I'm wondering how those numbers are uh, in that one, and then and then there's also the the controversy around the uh, Netflix with a black Cleopatra. Yes. Uh, a historical figure who may be a surprise to Netflix, maybe not, was definitely not black. Yeah. And Egyptian people are super fired up about this idea. And and to your uh, point, Buck, on, they the, weren't on even, the Little she Mermaid. Wasn't even, she wasn't Arab. She was Greek, effectively, yeah. by, by ethnicity because of the way the ancient Mediterranean was colonized. But anyway... No, you're right. And it's turned into a huge story. Uh, that's a Netflix documentary. I also, look, I'm a big, I've got kids. We go to a lot of movies. I've never really bought into understanding why making an animated movie over as in non-animated movie is something that I really want to go see, right? Like The Little Mermaid, okay, great movie back in the early 90s. 
I went and watched Aladdin with Will Smith as the genie, and it was fine, whatever. I took my kids. It wasn't like I was like, oh, I've got to go see the live-action version <laughs> of Aladdin, just FYI. I was there. I bought it first day, solo, sitting in the front seat. No. I don't understand why people, if you like The Little Mermaid, put on the animated film. Are there tons of people who are like, I need a real-life yeah. Little Mermaid? Clay, I, Clay, I don't we're understand in the, We're in the truth zone right now. Did you go see Shazam back in the day? Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Not bad. Shazam was pretty good, he says. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. One of the best shows of the year, according to Apple, Amazon, and Time, is back for another round. We had a big bear of a man, who was called Mal Evans, who was on roadie, and uh, <clears throat> I was coming back on the plane, and he said, will you pass the salt and pepper? And I misheard him. <laughs> I said, what? Salt and pepper? Listen to season two of McCartney, A Life in Lyrics, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Chris Moody, host of the new podcast, Finding Matt Drudge. I'll be taking you on a journey to find the mysterious media mogul Matt Drudge, founder of The Drudge Report. Along the way, I'll talk to people who have worked with him, dined with him, and fought with him, taking listeners into private conversations, all in an attempt to get a better understanding of who Drudge is and what motivates him. Hopefully, he'll even sit down with us. Listen to Finding Matt Drudge on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.